Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Hip Hop Saved My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Now sit back because it's time for the podcast. Welcome to another lockdown episode of Hip Hop Saved My Life. Um, another one. Another one, yeah. I said it like I'm really getting <laughs> fucked off of it. <laughs> You're not getting <laughs> fucked off in lockdown. Uh, well, look, well, let's introduce our guest to see what his yeah. opinion on it as well. We are delighted to be joined by, and look, I say delighted, I'm going to be honest with you, before we started recording, it's been an absolute clusterfuck. <laughs> Trying to get this to... Uh, yeah, I'm taking full responsibility for that, man. <laughs> like, I came in with the wrong energy and upset the fucking car, so. Nice, nice. You got, some, you got some sort of fucking contagious technology <laughs> virus thing. Energy, I know. It's something to do with where I live and the Wi-Fi and PUBG, I don't know, man. I like, my favourite bit is when you came back with headphones, but they're all, like, bundled up, those, like, hey, iPhones. Do you know what? I've got, so, at being an artist, I have a million pairs of headphones, but for yeah. some reason, on this day, yeah, cool. I couldn't seem to find some suitable. Basically, we asked Tiny to find some headphones, and he came back with some earphones and got a lightning connector. It's fucking incredible. Tiny, it's good to have you on the podcast, man. It's yeah. good to finally be on here, mate. Trust me, hip-hop saved my life. It really did. Um, uh, how is lockdown treating you? Lockdown is um, is good. It's good. I'm going to be very positive. It's very good. Um, seeing a lot of... Well, not seeing a lot of family. Spending a lot of time with my immediate <laughs> family, my close family, the family that I am the patriarch of. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm also just um, recording a lot of music. So I've got a little right. home set up in the studio in the house and um other than that i go to my studio which is in greenwich and it's just me and my engineer and we social distance and record bangers um are you finding a lockdown is increasing your levels of inspiration or eroding them um it is it is i've seen it almost like a kind of like blanket bit of like divine divine kind of time because obviously i'm creating an album so Obviously, there's a lot of negative things that are happening, but being a creative and just being someone who likes to go into my zones and make music, I've almost seen this as this magical extra time on a sand timer to just get stuff recorded. And that's kind of the way I'm trying to look at it. So I wake up positively every day until I watch the news and I'm like, fucking hell, we're all going to die. Yeah, I mean, that news is a downer. There's no doubt about that. I've turned all my news alerts off. I feel much better. On your phone, yeah, Yeah, get rid of them. Yeah, because I think, I guess, if something is really going to affect us, like we've all got to go into our bunkers or whatever, they'll find a way of telling us, won't they? LA or something. Million percent. Even if they have to send pigeons. (laughs) I noticed you've been doing a few TikToks as well, right? 
I have been, I have been. I've been coming out of my comfort zone. And when I say comfort zone, I mean publicly, because obviously people that know me very well know I'm a nutcase. But I've been coming out of my comfort zone. I've just been trying to just keep people happy and just keep people's spirits up as well. Do you get what I mean? So I've been dancing about on TikTok. You need to get on it as well. I'm on it, mate. Are you? Yeah, of course I am. Yeah, I'm getting the following today. <laughs> I need to see what's going on. Have you got your kids in it as well? No, nah, not yet. I did. My, my my son, my eldest son, actually two of them have got have had TikTok for a while. Okay. And um, and then like I got on it, and I've got to be honest with you, it's like that thing where like you know your mum comes on Facebook and, and yeah. ruins it. That's how. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It kills the vibe. That's how they see me getting onto TikTok. Do you know what I mean? It's, oh man, that's like when my mum came onto Instagram. Till this day, I still haven't followed her as well. Just like <laughs> big distance. I just don't accept the film request. It's not a thing. Uh, Rupert, you be jumping on TikTok? I downloaded it, and I be honest, I just didn't know what was going on. So I, mm. I felt a bit grubby being on there for some reason. But you guys, yeah. so what like, did you do? You just got what you needed to get out of it, and then yeah, out. yeah it was very quick visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I get you. I know what you're talking well, about. I, what I've found with TikTok though is that a lot of people use it for loads of different reasons. So on the surface, it looks like something you go on just to do funny dances, but people yeah. are using it to like cook. People are using it to like work out and do mm. loads of different things. So People are using it to uh, sort of engage in their paedophilia fetishes, do you know what I mean? I can imagine, yeah. So Rupert, don't write no, it. not me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 don't write it off. Don't write it off, man. Well, Ty, it's lovely to hear from you, man. So you're you're uh, you obviously be making your own stuff, but you're a hip, you're a hip hop fan as well, right? So yeah, hip hop fan, grew up on it, and like I said, man, the title couldn't be more applicable to my life. It's- so how how did hip hop come into your life then? Um, it came into my life by just being like a young black boy that's growing up in England, in London around that time. Do you get I me? Mean? I'm 31, so around you know early 2000s, and kind of just. You know what it's like when you're 12 or 13, you're kind of like looking for inspiration, aren't you? You're looking for someone that's going to be older than you and show you something that, that I guess, I don't know, takes you into what you might become when you're older or someone that's going to just kind of put their hand on your shoulder, not in a paedophilic way, but just mm. to be like, you know, I'm going to show you the roads. This is what life is about. And usually in my community, we find that from the wrong people. So like, you know what it's like as well. I'm sure in your community and our communities are basically interlinked and are basically similar. But a lot of the people who have, you know, the tangible things, the material wealth, especially quite young, which is what, you know, as a young man, you look at. You don't want to see the old guy in the Ferrari or in a nice BMW. You want to see the young guy because you want to believe that it's achievable when you're young. And unfortunately, a lot of the people that had these trappings and these material things got them in kind of illegitimate ways and yeah, kind of were misleading their the younger generation. And so the other place I find this sort of inspiration was from hip hop videos. And a lot of them were coming from America at that time. So like 50 Cent and Eminem and Dr. Dre and Lupe Fiasco and all of these different types of people, Kanye West. But I remember just watching it and it was so polarizing for me, like just having Sky or Cable or whatever it was at the time and just being like, Jesus, these guys look like me, but they're still quite young, but they're enjoying life in this kind of almost fantasy, like I don't know what the full word is, but in this fantasy type way, I want to be like that and I want to live like that. 
you do songs in any of your videos and sort of you're you're kind of uh you're representing you know wearing the nice garments and shit like that and living that lifestyle and stuff is that something that is that has that come from because that's what you experienced when you were seeing it when you were growing up and say so you want to represent that and continue to represent it or is it just it's what you're into um i think i think it's half and half definitely i think within the culture of hip hop music i don't think it's always been like that from the beginning in fact i think at the very beginning it was nothing to do with clothes or fashion or yeah. i mean there was a certain silhouette or certain style of fashion that would go with it and certain brands wu-tang fubu all of that sort of stuff but i think i think there's definitely an element of me just watching people in their music videos thinking they've got really nice things and you know it's almost like the best of the best but they're almost wearing it in a hip hop type way yeah. and then there's just obviously me just maturing as an adult traveling the world going to stores having friends being part of the fashion council and just having that whole side of my mind that is genuinely into all of that sort of stuff so who were the artists that you started listening to initially who brought you into it So um at first being like a child like when I couldn't actually buy my own music and stuff I remember growing up around the time of like Gangster's Paradise right so remember the film with what's her name Michelle Pfeiffer yeah kind of trying to teach Dan- that unruly kid Dangerous Mind Dangerous Mind Dangerous yeah. Mind that's the one we Yeah that's yeah. where she she connected with uh kids from the ghetto by turning a chair around do you remember That's right You wore a brown Apparently it was that simple Um uh, yeah I remember that As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left cuz I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone but I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it me be treated like a punk you know that's unheard of you better watch how you're talking and where you're walking or you and your homies might be lined in chalk So I remember being a kid it was things like that obviously that that just came into my psyche there was probably big marketing going on for that film around that time Coolio didn't really know who he was but off the back of soundtracks which now as a older artist I really understand the importance of if you get a record on a movie that's a completely different audience so I was that different audience at that time that was hearing hip hop in that sort of way and then when i got to like 12 or 30 and i started doing odd jobs washing cars trying to do the paper round all this sort of stuff then there was almost a surge of like uk hip hop that was doing really well so even before we go further i just want to say rest in peace to tai you know cuz tai passed recently the other day from corona yeah. uh, but still hurts doesn't it turn around and your whole crew's loving it you try stiff neck fucking it couldn't sleep cuz your mind had a bug in it buzzing without weed extract and you thought i wasn't coming will you need a slap let me see chapter 3 verse 1 and i'm on wait for one you all the coming of god come on splash little fishy can it's very weird because growing up like it was those sort of artists tie black twang you know estelle off the back of it and that sort of thing and then after that it was like a so solid crew it started to change a little bit um but i being like 12 or 13 those were the first sort of like instances of british uk hip hop that i saw um and then all of the american stuff that was happening which did look a lot more polished and a lot more shiny and yeah i was sold on it and i just wanted to be a part of it from then it's a, a mad one is it because by the time you came out um you know you rap how you talk but like when black well i guess rodney p and ty 
uh, and people like that, they were doing UK hip hop when, and like you mentioned Estelle, I remember here, listening to an Estelle record with a friend and she said, I don't know if I can listen to this. I don't know if this accent fits on hip hop for me. You know, like there was this, there was a time, wasn't there, when people just weren't accepting a British accent on on those kind of records, right? Yeah, a million percent. And it still happens now to a certain degree when you think of like the regional accent. So you think of like a Brummy accent or you think of a Mancunian accent. And to be fair, those guys are through the door now. You know, they're definitely like representing on a big level. We have kids like H who is like doing massive things yeah. right about now and kids like Mist. Sorry, Mist is not a kid. Sorry, men like Mist. <laughs> you are doing like, I'm scared of Mist. So I don't know. I'm joking. But yeah, like people <laughs> like Mist who are like doing some massive things yeah. right now from Birmingham. But yeah, you're right. There was a time when I, I guess it was almost like a self-hatred or I don't know what it is, but just like a lack of self-love. I think because hip, hip hop was almost um, imported from America, um, it was a big American export. And it almost was like, if you weren't with, if you didn't fit that criteria, you just couldn't be a hip hop artist. And you know what British culture is like as well. You know, we're very much like, we like to take the mick out of people, right? Do you get what I mean? So I think, even when I started trying to rap, it was like, it was like a pipe dream. It's like, what are you doing, bro? Like, come yeah. on, like, you're not from America. You're not this, you're not that. It's just never gonna happen for you sort of thing. So I can even imagine 10 years prior to that, it would have been worse. And so what I believe happened, even though I wasn't one of those sorts of rappers, I felt like a lot of UK rappers probably thought that there was gonna be a route or vehicle to go to America where the marketplace was actually at. And that's why they felt like they had to kind of, you know, use those sort of accents and, you know, more power to someone like Estelle. She did, do you get what I mean? She had that record of Kanye West and she was the biggest thing in America for a little while. This is number one champion sound. Yeah, Estelle, we about to get down. Who the hottest in the world right now? Just touched down in London town. Bet they give me a pound. Tell them put the money in my hand right now. Set up a motor, we need more seats. We just sold out all the floor seats. Take me on a trip, I'd like to go someday. I think that was the mindset then, but then obviously as time changed, as our culture progressed, as we started to love ourselves more and find the kind of nuances within our own culture, then I think we started to drop that. And then obviously now in this modern time, 2020, it couldn't be further from that now. If anything, they're copying us. You have people like Nicki Minaj, when she came through in a big way, I don't know if you remember all those years ago, one of her biggest things was that she had this alter ego where she was like a British woman. I forgot yeah. the name, what it yeah. was. But, you know, now they're going to come over and take our lingo and talk about where we're from. So it's it's gone a complete polar opposite since then. Do you see that as a compliment? Big time, yeah, big time. Do you know what? Before the internet, bro, like I said, America was almost like this shiny place. I think the internet has even helped us realize that America isn't. Do you get what yeah. I mean? You know, my our people, black people were oppressed for a very, very long time. But then as far as the box or MTV base was telling me, you know, this was a land of hope and this was a land where you could achieve things, you know, whether it's true or not, you know, someone like Kanye West in this modern day is is a billionaire or someone like Jay-Z is a billionaire. You know, we're not a culture that emphasizes so much on money, but 
you know, a young black boy in Britain would never believe that that would be possible for them, if that kind of makes sense. So I think America just used to be like this kind of shiny place where all your dreams could come true. And a lot of people, I even remember like around the American Pie movie times, I wanted to go to like an American high school or like an mm. American college. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, make out with a cheerleader, all that good stuff. Do you get what I mean? Be the king of the prom. Um, but yeah, that culture was just so fed to us that you, we wanted to belong. I think the point I'm trying to make is that as a UK artist, we almost had an inferiority complex where it's like, they couldn't be watching us. Like, they don't listen to our rap. Like, our rap is almost like a fake version of their rap. Of course they don't listen to us, but then the internet will show you that, you know, Drake is following this person or like, you know, I've done a record with P Diddy, with Tinchy Strada as well, or J Cole, you know, on one of my mixtapes. Cold world out in the UK. Oh yeah. You fucking with some nights at the temple Mental, how am I successful? Niggas chose the pen while I picked up the pencil Grew up listening to soul solid and essentials Always round peas like some lentils Bitch, I do you like a weightlifter and hold everything against you Everything's happened like it was meant to I ain't trying to sound like a promoter Bitch, I'm trying to sound like Yoda When I say tonight is gonna be eventful and the internet kind of lets you know that we're all interlinked in this way and so I think the, the, the allure of American culture has kind of like died a little bit if that makes sense yeah but do, do you if you're working with an American artist as you have done because like we've talked about it before you've done stuff with Lupe yeah uh, like do you you yourself as an artist do you approach that as like this is somebody who's on a level with me or do you still get a bit starstruck when you're working with people like that I, I still get a bit starstruck but mate I got starstruck when I saw you bro do you get what I mean? So I think that there's just an element, like, not putting you down or anything, but I think there's just an element of, like, I'm a fan of culture, and that's what yeah. I've realised about, my, about myself. It doesn't matter how old I get, if I see somebody that I'm, like, really into, not in that sort of way, Ramesh, obviously. No, I get it, I get it. No, I'm following him. You've upset him now. Say that, say that again? You've upset him now. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, like, this is just like a quality in myself that I've realised. Not everyone is like that, do you get what I mean? But, yeah. Like, if I respect you, I've seen you on telly, you're doing amazing stand-up, I'm genuinely a fan, I'm laughing. When I meet you in real life, it doesn't matter whether you're, like, covered in 80 chains or you're, you're from America or you're from England or you make music or you're a film star, I naturally will just get, like, a little mm. bit starstruck. Yeah. And that's the thing I've realised in myself. So, yeah, I think I still would, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, essentially what you said was, uh, yeah, I do get starstruck. I'd even get starstruck by someone like you, Ramesh. That's what... That, you've used me as an example. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I didn't mean it like that. I mean... No, I sorry, no, I know how you meant it, Tiny. I, like I know how you meant it, Tiny. Uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> So what was like the first hip hop album that you really kind of fell in love with? The first hip hop album I really fell in love with, and it's not like the first one I bought or not the first mm. one I ever heard, but I would say it was Kanye West College Dropout. And so I don't know, you know, obviously look at Kanye now, again, whether it's real or not, billionaire, one of the most influential men, you know, regardless of race, religion, any of that, men all round in the 21st century, I will definitely, I can put, say that with my chest confidently. He definitely inspired some of the artists that we're listening to today, some of the um, culture, some of the fashion that we're listening to today. And when I first heard College Dropout, again, 
you know, at that time in hip hop and in American hip hop, every artist that came out and polarized someone had to have this crazy story behind them. So like 50 Cent shot like 55 times and he's still alive. Obviously there's probably some exaggeration there. You get what I mean? But again, America's really good at packaging things, you know, like the Hollywood culture, packaging things and selling them directly to the rest of the world, right? So with Kanye, it was that he had a car crash, right? He was this superstar producer. He'd produced all these records for Jay-Z, who is almost like, Kanye is my guy, but Jay-Z is like, Kanye's, to me, he's like Kanye's big brother. So by default, he's just the guy guy, if that makes sense. Yeah. So... Kanye had this massive car crash. He's the superstar producer. He signed a record deal. He's about to launch his own career. And then he has a car crash. And guess what? His jaw is crushed. So then now they have to wire his jaw shut. And magically, in this time of all this pain and whatnot, he makes a record called Through the Wire, right? And I always had this thing, obviously, Jay-Z, I was following the whole Jay-Z Rockefeller thing. And there was a style of music back then that I think Kanye was one of the producers responsible for, where they would take like Motown samples. And they yeah. still do it today, but then they'd pitch Motown samples up really, really high. So it was like, me, 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 almost like a chipmunk voice. And then they would like put it against modern beats, right? And that's, that's again, quite a normal thing. It happens every day, like almost every day now. But Kanye was one of the producers that was responsible for that sound. And again, I don't know why, but that sound just resonates with me. I love it. I absolutely love it. I drink a boost for breakfast, an inshore for dessert. Somebody order pancakes, I just sip the scissor. That right there could drive a sane man bizarre. Not to worry, Mr. Ace to the Izzles back to wizard. How do you console my mom? Or give a light support. Telling her son's own life support. And just imagine how my girl feel. On the plane, scared as hell that I got look like Emmett Till. She was with me before the deal. Three the Wire is like, is such a fucking unbelievable tune and then you add the story to that like the lyrics first of all like you said the production you've described it perfectly he's got that sample do you know what I mean running through it and he tells the story of the car crash on that song yeah. and it's just such an amazing and it's like it's like you said it gives you that story that hook to buy into and you just think this is this was actually sort of think this was meant to happen for this guy do you know what I mean exactly exactly that so I, I again that was all the reasons why I resonated with this character and then again I resonated with him because almost like Pharrell and I think we're getting there in the UK now and the rest of the world but now hip hop was starting to become like I said at the beginning, not about just this one core message that kind of started on the corner of Sedgwick Avenue, I forget the exact number in the Bronx, but it started to become more about, you know, who you were as an individual. And it started to show that not every individual that came from this kind of community was the same. So you had like a Pharrell and a Kanye and they were not maybe necessarily like your hyper-masculine sort of art rapper, they weren't the rapper with all the big muscles. They weren't the rapper that was like the gun tooting rapper. They were more kind of sleek, you know, appeared to be a little bit more kind of cultured, educated in other areas. You know, their mums were civil rights activists or whatever. So they had this whole different woke consciousness. Um, and I think a lot of Chicago artists, not that Pharrell's from Chicago, but a lot of Chicago artists had this whole kind of woke consciousness because obviously Lupe is from there as well and Common and all of these guys. 
Um, and like, not to not to babble on, but I just love this guy so much and I love this album so much. I heard it and I was like, do you know what? Of all the rappers that are out there right now, obviously, not to say that I'm him, but this is the person that I resonate with the most. This is the person who I think is the mirror reflection of me at that time. This is who I think I can be someone like. And then, yeah, the, the journey just followed, just continued from there. You weren't actively looking to mirror him. You were just sort of, you you just sort of connected with him in terms of what he was into and what his vibe was. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I connected with him in terms of what he was into and what his vibe was. But, you know, I'm the oldest kid of my family, so I wouldn't be lying if I said I was maybe subconsciously looking for, like, like older role model-esque yeah. guidance through something, like, because I didn't really have it, do you get what I mean? And I knew I wanted to rap, but again, there wasn't really anyone in the UK that was doing it at a level where it was like, this could actually be a career. You know, a lot of people would rap and have like a side job or like rap for a couple of years and stop. So I was kind of looking at these guys for some sort of hope or direction or inspiration. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So where did you, because your sound is like, you know, obviously you grew up and you were loving hip hop and stuff, but you very much have your own kind of, when you came out, you very much had your own kind of type of music or what you were doing how did that come about is that because you had a different number of influences that were coming into what you were doing or were you consciously trying to make something different I think I, I don't I think when you're when you're that age because I started doing it at like 13 or 14 I don't think anything conscious and that's why it's so amazing and fun like it's just you're just I think the best way to describe it is you're just finding your own voice right but you're finding your own voice with absolutely no pressure. Now that I'm an established artist, it's completely different. I'm like, fuck, what am I gonna do? I'm in the studio, I'm ripping my hair out. I'm like, what about this? What about this? We're playing this. There's like five people in the room scratching their head. But when you're this, when you're that age, there's no one watching you. You're not signed to a record label. You're just, it's not conscious. It's just yeah. subconscious. You like a lot of my first lyrics would have been kind of interploitations of like Kanye's lyrics or someone from the So Solid crew because it was just playground, like fodder, nonsense. It was just, ah, oh, this is what I made today. And then naturally, as it was like, I had this American influence, which was like, this is the holy grail of rap. And this is kind of where it began and where it is at. But then there was this whole kind of um, surge of garage music in the UK, you know, So Solid crew, Miss Dynamite, 
um, all of that whole thing going on. And again, they were like black faces like me. So I could see them. They were on TV. I don't know why I was so obsessed with TV, but I think you have to understand that as a black person in that time, you don't, you don't really feel like you can be successful. That's the truth. You don't feel like, oh, you know, I could just, you know, go and work on Harley Street or I could go and do this. So you don't, you don't think like that. You're like, I'm in my little box. I'm in my world. And that's kind of it. So there was almost like a half of this whole Kanye, Jay-Z, Dipset, Cameron wearing all pink and pink fur and all these cars and chains and women and all these things that as a young boy, you literally jizz over. You're like, this is like, the stuff I want to be this person but then there was this whole UK thing which was council estates you know tracksuits um you know MCing so like you know Jamaica you know like toasting Jamaican toasting or or African style toasting which was similar but different and so I think the combination helped me find my voice and 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 caused me to make the sort of music that I make was, it, was there a specific moment where you felt like you had a breakthrough where you found that voice? Was that a specific time in, in your history where you're like, that's, that's what it is, that's it? Absolutely. So I would say when I saw So Solid Crew 21 Seconds, again, mm. which we all know, you know, it's a kind of song that's been timestamped, you know, it was a number one record, what's that, 20 years ago. <laughs> Obviously, there's been black people having number one records since Billy Ocean or whatever, but what, what everyone needs to understand about our culture is within us to a certain degree, it kind of gets washed out. Like, you don't... You know, like Ty, for example, you know, rest in peace. Like, a lot of 14-year-old kids are not going to know who Ty is, but yeah. a lot of 14-year-old white kids will know who Cliff Richard is. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not saying that they're the same person or they've had the same success, but something just gets, like, washed out. It just gets deleted or some. I don't know what happens. But anyway, um, I think it was the time when I was, like, this, I found my voice was when I saw So Solid Crew because, again, they had this number one single... There was a lot of them. They were well-dressed. Like a lot of the UK rappers before, like you said, they were kind of American sounding. And they the videos were them like in a calf sipping tea or something. It's yeah. cool. It's very brittle having like beans on toast. But it's like, you're not 50 cent, bruv. You're not driving in like the big hummer with like 10 girls like, behind you going like that. So I don't, I want to be that guy. That guy's living some hyper real life. But So Solid Crew was almost like a high, hybrid of the two. Yeah. Um, and obviously the record achieved commercial success and then when it achieved commercial success then subconsciously I was like oh it's happening in England I was old enough to kind of be conscious of that wow this is a change it's no more I'm a Barbie girl or Aquaman or Bob the Builder or this raw these guys are saying he's saying like carry two gats easy on a song he's talking about carrying two guns and it's number one in the charts oh my goodness so as a kid my mind's going crazy and then i think yeah i found my voice off the back of that there is something about because obviously like i i grew up loving american hip-hop and loving all hip-hop and then but there's something about hearing the thing that you love have a uniquely british reference i remember like when uh, Black Twang is the one that comes up for me again and again when he says like he drops a lyric like you get gunned like Phil Mitchell just yeah. like to me I just like I lose my mind because I think fucking hell that's, that's such a specifically British thing 
to reference. There's something so exciting about that. Heads raise your fists up. Yes, get your kit off. Remember silent eclipse? Government, piss off. International jujitsu with my Brit troops. Anarchy in the UK rotten like sex pistols. Blowing whistles on dodgy officials. Come with your big issue. Get gone like Phil Mitchell. Pow! Yes, for us, I think it's it's definitely it's for us. I mean, it, it makes us kind of proud of our culture. Yeah, and I think and I think that's what we've kind of mastered now, or we're starting to master it now. You know, um, there's loads of I, I don't I don't want to start going through all these different rappers and the different references, but our culture is becoming so rich now. Whereas maybe 20 years ago, we, it was, you know, we were just importing all these different things, you know. Um, but now we have our own. And whether they're good or bad, our culture has just developed. But what that is, is just almost feeling like a, a, a small fish in like a big pond of this culture. And then someone saying something that directly relates to you. That's why I think when I said I've been Southampton, but I've never been to Scunthorpe. Like of all the lines I said, you know, now I drive past the bus I used to run for is such a beautiful line. And it's like, a, it's metaphorical and it's, there's a lot that's in there, but people are like, no. I've been Southampton, but I've never been to Scunthorpe. I love it, because that's like me. I've been to Southampton, or I'm from there, actually. Yeah, Do you yeah. Know I mean? People just resonate with it. Uh, that's just how it is. Yeah, they say hello, they say hola, and they say bonjour. I'm pissed I never got to fly on a Concorde. I've been Southampton, but I've never been to Scunthorpe. I'm fucking crazy with the kicks, call me John Claude. I'm about to be a bigger star than my mum for. Because every day I got a groupie at my front door. Now I drive past the bus I used to run for. Where's my fucking clap? Where's my encore? Is there, is there anything about hip hop you don't like? Overall, to be honest with you, not me personally, not really. Um, I don't like I, I I don't like the negative stigma that it gets. Um, I feel like we're almost like a the culture is a misunderstood culture. I'm not I'm not saying we like hip hop is all of like black culture because it isn't, do you get what I mean? But I think hip hop culture was misunderstood and it was like, why are these people acting like this? Why are they why are they wearing like big medallions and diamonds and why they've got why have they got jewelry in their mouth and why and I think the judgment is something I didn't like because I felt like it was almost like these are like an oppressed people, right? Especially in America, these are their ancestors are slaves essentially freed slaves yeah and they're coming out of this struggle they've been oppressed um there's uh systemic racism even to this day do you get I me mean? when you when you go into the prison system there's guys that were probably carrying a little bag of weed or something that would be almost like a little slap on the wrist here that are serving 20 years in some states in america for this right and so i feel like when there was almost all of this like you know, because I know people do this when they're threatened of things, right? And obviously hip hop has this polarizing effect, but I feel like, you know, I, I, what I didn't really, what I don't really like about it is when people who are in a little bit more of a privileged circumstance, and I don't want to say privileged, like, you know, you were born into wealth or anything, that's not what I mean. I just mean a privileged circumstance as a culture, do you get what I mean? When they're able to look at it and kind of like write it off or judge it or see it as something as less, when they're not taking into account that the people have been through a certain struggle. Do, do you get what I mean? I remember someone said the lyrics so poignant and then they were like, oh, do, do you know why we wear diamonds? Because diamonds are Af from Africa, so they're ours and we just want them back. Like, I, I don't know who the rapper was, but yeah. 
the way they said it at the time, I was like, this makes so much sense. Like, realistically, like, why why couldn't we? But I feel like the, the wider culture kind of makes it, it kind of shuns it to a certain degree and makes it seem like it's stupid or it's nonsensical or it's, it's there's not nothing intelligent in it. Um, and I don't really like that. That's one of the main things I don't like because I feel like there's so many um, sections of culture that if we wanted to start, you know, shining a magnifying glass into it and being like, this doesn't make sense. This is not, but we don't condone this. There's probably loads of areas that we could do that in. Um, and I just feel like it's unfair to a certain degree. Um, and then I think the other thing I don't like on the flip side is I feel like the music has got to a point where it's commercialized, it's pop. Yeah, hip hop is hip hop is now pop. And I mean, hip hop is now the most popular music. Even if you think of something like TikTok, all the dances that you're doing, yeah. hip hop records. If, 100%. If, it's not, if it's not a hip hop record, there's no dance, right? It's not happening, right? So it's now popular culture. But I do feel that there is almost like a negative influence that some impressionable people can get from it that means that they end up living or acting in some ways that they, you could maybe try and blame on hip hop or rap, but it's really probably down to the weakness of the individual. But because of their impressionable minds, they can maybe look at something in a hip hop video or look at some, hear something in a rap song and believe it's real. Do you get what I mean? I mean, that's the only thing now being a parent and having a kid, and I don't really know the best way to articulate it, which is probably why I'm dancing around in a circle. But like, I don't know, that's just the one thing that I kind of battle with sometimes. I'm like, all right, cool, it's an art form. And you've got people like, um, people like Alexander McQueen who will like do a fashion show and then there'll be like a fat woman at the end and like all these things will be in her or, you know, he wanted to even do a show where he killed himself at the end. Obviously, that didn't happen, do you get what I mean? Or he'll do something where there's blood everywhere. No one takes it literal. No one walks on the street and sees someone in a McQueen dress and runs up to them and stabs them, do you get what I mean? But in saying that, there are impressionable minds. And I think that some people can get a message from certain areas within hip hop that means that they do things which, I don't know, I kind of question. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, I mean, and I think you make, it's a really interesting and complicated point because the two things you're talking about is that I do think there's a snobbery towards hip hop's showing of wealth and, you know, that kind of thing where you go, I've made it and this is, I've got this nice thing and I'm wearing this nice thing and I'm putting that across. And there's a snobbery by people saying there's something disgusting about that or it's yeah. stupid or it's whatever. Yeah. But the truth is that comes from a snobbery of not being in a position where that stuff felt so incredibly aspirational to you. Yeah. That as soon as you get it, you just go, I, I just do want to fucking show that I've made something of myself. You know, and this is the way that I show it. This is the way that I signal it. With regards to hip hop's perception, you know, you sort of think to yourself, well, rappers should not have any duty to represent themselves in any other way than they see fit. And if that yeah. means they want to present themselves in this way or that way, then that's totally up to them. And all music forms present themselves in different ways, whether they be positive or negative or whatever. Yeah. I think, uh, sorry to cut you wrong, but yeah. I think even just like rock and roll, you know, yeah. if there was any pressure for these rock stars who are sometimes, you know, devil worshiping or biting the head off a bat or having sex on stage or having orgy. I don't think there was all wearing something mad or satanic. I don't, I don't think that there's any pressure for them to be like upstanding. Well, I think, I think the difference is, is that if somebody sees 
somebody butting the head off a bat or whatever, doing some like mad rock shit, they think that group is fucking mental, right? Whereas if they see a rapper doing that, they think black people are mental. Like they, yeah. they, they judge, they don't go, I think that rapper is a bit fucking over the top. They think that's what I now think about black people. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like you've got to be a representative for what people's perceptions are of an entire race. Do you know what I mean? And, 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 that's, and that's a pressure that you can't fucking put on people. You can't, you cannot say to somebody that's just trying to make a record, some young kid, you can't go, you need to behave in this way because people can judge black people full stop on your behavior. You can't put that on someone, you know? A million percent. And I feel like that pressure comes from like wider society, but I also feel like the pressure did come from some of the old gods of hip hop, to be honest. Because <laughs> like we said at the beginning, there was a message attached to hip hop. And if I recall correctly, you know, it was about educating people on like their rights and like knowing what they, you know, knowing how to survive in a world that was, you know, not really designed for them to to thrive in. Do you get what I mean? And keeping them conscious and keeping them woke. So I can understand if like some of the old gods would be like, oh, young boy, like you're not sticking to what hip hop is about. Um, but in saying that, I feel like, you know, if you're white, for example, you don't have any pressure on, you know, representing your whole race, you know, whether you're Boris Johnson or Andy Murray, do you get what I mean? Yeah. Rep or Tyson Fury, there's no, oh, he's done it for like the race. But, you know, because we've been through an oppression, there is that. And even just going back to my own career, that is why I, not to say that I was anyone that I wasn't, but that's why I conducted myself and have conducted myself in such a way, because I know that, like you said, you know, any action that seems, you know, odd or alien or, it has a bearing effect on your whole race. And so I always try to conduct myself and articulate myself and carry myself in the absolute highest way that I can. Um, and I felt like the ripple effect of that was almost creating more opportunities for people that were like myself. Because prior to that, you would, I would meet someone and be like, oh my goodness, like, you're just so well-spoken or, wow, like, you're small. What is that freak? It was, it was almost like, you know, like the basic things of just being a human, like, you know, like basic human thing. Wow, he portrays these things. He has them. Wow. Maybe the, the rest of them do. Do you get what I mean? And I feel like, I feel like that kind of created a lot of opportunity for a lot of the artists that you're seeing today. And so at the end of the day, yes, there is a responsibility because oh, we're still a misunderstood people. Um, but in saying that, in in the modern time that we're living in now, I feel like if no, if other races don't have this problem, then neither should the you know the races that are involved within the context of hip hop culture. And I feel like it isn't really like that anymore. Yeah, you should, but you should have a right that if you did something fucking off key in a video or on stage or whatever, it should be tiny was out of line there. Do you know what I mean? Not like not people getting a negative perception about your race. Do you know what I mean? And that's, and I don't think, you know, it's arguably we haven't moved beyond that, particularly for people that, particularly because there are people whose only experience of black culture is through music and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, there are people that live in areas where they, they're not interacting with people of colour. Do you a know million, what I mean? A million, percent, a million percent. And it's not any of their faults, to be yeah. honest with you. But I think, that's the other thing that makes it so exciting. You know, if, if you think of like black culture, hip hop culture, and you think of uh, like even something like Jordan's, for example, like, you know, the, think of the value that has been 
attached to my to Jordans because of black culture, hip hop culture. Like you said, that ostentatious, braggadocious mindset. Look, I've got Jordans on my feet. I'm going to change the laces. I'm going to stick them in front of the camera. Now, this is these are modern luxuries. Do you get what I mean? That's just yeah. a fact. And so um, the other thing that I always think when I think of like, again, it's not all to do with hip hop, but when I think of like the athletes, so I think of like people like Muhammad Ali or Usain Bolt or... Um, you know, some of the great cricketers or some of the great, uh, you know, runners. I, I think that there is a fascination with our culture. There is like an allure. There is like a, but you know, like, you know, like how people, you know, this is the worst um, uh, uh, example. So don't take it, don't take it figuratively. But you know, like when people go to the zoo and they watch lions, there's almost like a fascination, like how do they live? Or wow, they, they, they are phenomenal. Look at the beautiful, wow, look at the prowess of this life. But you wouldn't want to go near one, do you get what I mean? You wouldn't, but you just love, you're, 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 you're so fascinated. And so like these people are phenomenal. Look at what they do, look at how they are. And so I think that, you're right, you know, so when, when it goes wrong, the whole race suffers, but when it goes right, and it goes right a lot of the time, you know, again, nothing to do with hip-hop, but think about someone like Beyonce, or think, mm. and think about the impact that these people have had on the world, do you get what I mean? Some of it is spoken, some of it is not spoken, do you get what I mean? But when I think of all of this, I'm like, for all of the bad and the negative that comes with it, there is so much positive, and obviously with a race that has been oppressed, like any race that has been oppressed, you know, you, you almost have to play catch up on yourself. But mm. slowly but surely, you know, things are starting to change. And ironically, a lot of it has changed through the vehicle of hip hop and through the vehicle of hip hop music. When I think of how many people hip hop has empowered, do you get what I mean? Hip hop, even though my Michael Jordan was, you know, renownedly known for his sport. Hip-hop culture made him cooler. Even though Barack Obama was renowned for his politics, hip-hop culture made him cooler. So when you think of, like, what hip-hop has been able to do for people like Jimmy Iovine, who isn't even black, you know what I mean? You know, almost a billionaire from it. Dr. Dre, billionaire. P. Diddy, billionaire. Almost Jay-Z, billionaire. And obviously, I don't know the exact figures. Kanye West, billionaire cool, this is great, right? And yes, people can look at it and be like, it's from music or it's from whatever, but it's genius. Someone is thinking of something that didn't exist and it's coming out into the world and it's making you feel something and it's it's influencing the way you look, the way you dress, the way you talk. Do you get what I mean? Some of your slang, bootylicious, cool, flex, say, all of these different things, twerk. All of these things have come from this culture. So cool, that's great. And I'm very excited to see what their kids will do. Do you get what I mean? And now that they can go to these private schools, get into the system. And yes, you didn't get it from like coal mining or oil or agriculture, but you 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 took something that they didn't want you to have and you took lemons and essentially made lemonade. And I think that's why I love it so much because there hasn't been anywhere else, maybe apart from like TV networks like Oprah or if you're like Nigerian and you actually have one of these oil plots or something or, you know, you've done some agriculture, there isn't anywhere else that black people in this modern time have been able to attain this level of success, adulation, wealth. And regardless of how it was attained, now their kids will be able to have the same chances as all of the other kids who are fortunate and are in 
a position where they can go on to like be leaders of the world or they can go on to, you know, have that top job in government or all of that. And let's just see what happens. But I feel like it's going to sort of, hip hop has been able to sort of even the, even the scales a little bit, if that makes sense. And I think it's a great thing. For that, I will always love it. And for that, it always it saved my life. Um, Tiny, I'm not exaggerating. Mm. I think that might be the most eloquent description of the impact that hip hop has had we've ever had I'm on this mean, podcast, man. I'm that mean. was fucking yeah. amazing. <laughs> I got goosebumps. <laughs> like, you know what? I just feel so passionately about it, man. I, and honestly, like sometimes when I look at my life, when I look at where I'm at in my life, I'm like, how else would I have been able to do this? Like, if it wasn't for, like, I look at my street, right? I'm on my street. There's like a fucking the guy who like invented pet insurance lives on my street, like invented it. Yeah, he's here. Then there's like top superintendent of the police, or you know, Scotland Yard is here. And I'm like, I rapped and I'm here. Like, I did it from rapping. So that's why I owe it so much. And when I look at, you know, not only myself, but the H's, the, the, the Dave's, the Stormzy's, the, the Dizzy Rascals, the, like I said, sometimes we've, we've been the people who had to blaze the trail through hip hop. A lot of people of color who wouldn't have necessarily had the chance will also have a similar chance to be able to make impact in other areas. And so, yeah, for that, it's always going to be one of the greatest things I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, Tiny, smashed it, mate. What are you listening to at the moment? Um, so I'm listening to quite a few new things. Um, uh, hip-hop-wise, um, hip-hop-wise, what am I really enjoying? To be honest, a lot of like UK music right now, so I'm like listening to Young T and Bugsy, We've been signing a lot of artists as well. So we've got an artist called Young Bane, who's currently, I think, top 10 in the album charts right now. We're trying to keep him in there. Yo, I was a big man from 18. Ain't no order, gonna send me no spot. And I got 18K gold Rolex, put it in a case, that's a president book. Used to rock big crest to last longer, now we're tight, what's the fit with my drop? Man chase money, the bees like honey, the man them sweet, so the girl is on us. Said he don't like me, should have done CRB, made these girls do the C2C. That's train on the man them, I don't understand them, niggas get got for getting at me. Getting at there me. ain't no forgetting in me, she said you must remember me. Remember me. You was at squeezies, when you text me, let me squeeze. Before I went so, you know, if anyone's listening to this, try and support him. Sorry, I'm just trying to get a charger, which is what I'm moving around. <laughs> no, that's all right, no, that's all right. You're a master of technology, I've got that vibe from you. <laughs> Mate, I just wake up and just go with it, mate. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm just listening to a lot of UK stuff, and then to be honest with you, I'm really in love with like R&B at the moment. So yeah, just, just good, good quality R&B. Um, and there's some amazing UK acts like Mahalia, um, Shana Bass, and people like that whose music I'm really enjoying. What can we listen to of yours, Tony? Uh, that you've got right now up. of mine I've just dropped two new records um, I'm just trying to bless people during this quarantine time um, and I've dropped two new records one is called Top Winners with an artist called Notes yeah. um, who's killing it right now in the UK hey. LeBron kind of mind state Leave my iPhone on silent and vibrate Hey when fans see my eyes when they dilate At a wedding giving deed to a bridesmaid I probably settle down Hampstead or Highgate Same routine getting drip on a Friday You cried when you saw your whip on the driveway And if you're really still tick it's a violation Greatness takes time so I'm patient And then the other one is called Montclair And it's with an artist called Tion Wayne 
Wicked. And before we let you go, have you got any uh, live show experiences that you could share? Have you performed with any big rappers or? Um, yeah, uh, of course, of course. I performed. Um, so I was supporting Nas and Damian Marley for a little bit um, on a uh, like you know you know in America they do all these kind of like college tours. I was supporting them uh, for a little bit a couple of years back. Um, I've also supported Drake. When you did yeah. his first international tour, like European tour. Um, when I did my first arena tour in the UK, I had J. Cole support me. So I performed with quite a few big wrestlers. What was, uh, was J. Cole, did J. Cole, because a lot of people tell the stories about Kanye, that before he came through, even before, you know, when he was just, when he was still just producing it, wasn't putting out his own stuff, that he had that swagger, that he had that self-belief that he was going to be a big star. Did J. Cole have that about him when he was like supporting you or was he? Um, if I'm being honest with you, at that time, he had he had the aura of like a great, you know, definitely he had that kind of exterior of someone who, you know, you could tell he wasn't in it for, you know, the the, the wrong things. He came here with a message and he, you know, he's like an upstanding guy, great talent. He's very lyrical, good at what he does. But to be honest with you, at that time, he had short hair. Now he's got big hair. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Now he's like this different guy who's like giving away all his like material wealth and he's just some different person. But he was so new at the time and he just signed, he just signed to Jay-Z. Jay-Z was still like the biggest thing in the world. So it didn't really feel like it at the time. I'm not going to lie to you. Do you get what I mean? But now when I look at someone like J. Cole, he's like in my top three rappers like in mm. the world right now. So Who are the other two in your top three? My, in my top three, um, Jay-Z is going to have to be one. Jay-Z mm. is going to have to be one. And then I'd probably say like, all right, I'll give you a top five. So I'll say oh. Jay-Z, Kanye, um, J. Cole, Lil Wayne. Oh, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say Drake. Yeah? Yeah, I'm going to put him in there, man. Tiny, um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. You've been a fucking phenomenal guest. Oh, thank um, you, man. A lot of the, dra the drama with the technology at the beginning, I'm going to say it was worth it. It was, like it was worth it, yeah? It yeah. was worth it. So if I come on again and the exact same thing happens, you wouldn't mind. It might be. I didn't say, I didn't say that. I said, I said it's worth it as a one-off. Oh, the one-time one -time thing. If, if, you, if you got in touch with me and said, oh, I'd like to come on, like, multiple times but every time I'm gonna you're gonna have to watch me absolutely faff around like a <laughs> run around my whole house yeah <laughs> then I don't know we'd have to think about it yeah you know uh, okay well yeah uh, no but seriously Tiny thank you so much man uh, thanks for coming on we appreciate it no thanks. all good man thanks for having me alright man take it easy see you later no. see you later Rupert see you in a bit see you Rupert bye bye Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.